Hey guys, welcome in. It's Brad with College Sportscast, and we are presented by the Fanboys. not going to take that long for Mr. Brad to come on. And there it is in five, four, three, two, and I'm one. already here. What's up, guys? <clears throat> it's Brad with College Sportscast, and we're here to do our news and hot topics and segment show that we always like to do on Tuesday nights. No Again, doubt. I am joined by Mr. Jason Harrison. What's up, Jason? Man, what's going on, man? How, how, how was your weekend, man? This Memorial Day weekend. How, how was your weekend? It was good. It was kind of quiet. I kind of kept to myself, um, you know. So, um, I didn't do a whole lot, to be honest with you. But, man. you know, it is what it is. And sometimes having a little peace means a lot, too. Calm and peace is always needed, especially in these days and times. So you got to enjoy some. Unfortunately, I was ripping and running in Memphis Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Got my feelings hurt because I thought we were done on Sunday. We had a game Sunday night, and then we had a game Monday at 1230. Really? Yeah, yeah. So I was gone the entire Memorial Day weekend until last night when I got home around 4 o'clock. Fortunately, just in Memphis, but hey, right, got a chance to come home and spend a little time with the family, and you know, pick pick life up where it needs to be picked up at. Well, how'd the tournament go? Ah, uh, that's another story, man. I had a lot of injuries. Had guys who didn't make it. Like, uh, we ended up going two and four, like bad, bad. It was just we just lost some games, man. But I'm going to say we were the Boston Celtics in Game Six and in Game Seven. <laughs> right yeah. i got you man yeah, yeah the difference yeah. between the two games yeah i got you man yeah all right so welcome to college sports cast guys um we're presented by blue or we are sponsored by bluegrass brads which is behind me which is me which is where i am um and uh, we've got some angus beef burgers and ice cream and snow cones and so check us out you can Google bluegrass breads on, uh, you know, on use Google and do that. And uh, I'm on Facebook as well. So um, you can check me out there. <laughs> All right. So a little bit of news right off the bat. So we have been a part of Let's Talk Sports for a while. Let's Talk Sports is combining or having a merger or joining. I'm not exactly sure how to announce that, um, <laughs> but they're now part of Sideline Sports, um, and they're doing a network together. The two groups are um, It's going to be combined by, I think, over 200 sports podcasts and shows. Um, they're are putting together a Roku channel, I believe, will all be featured on there. 
um, college sports cast is has been featured on Let's Talk Sports since I want to say like last November, something like that. We've been on there a while, um, and uh, this just happened this past week, so I'm uh, kind of announcing that tonight while we're on. I think I mentioned it at the very end of the show last week on Thursday when when we were here, but uh, I want to thank Rob Logan for joining me on Thursday. He filled in, done a great job. It was a fun show to do, so maybe we'll have him on again sometime as a guest, Um, but he he was great. So um, I want to start out tonight's show going to start out talking about our link tree page. I can get this to come up. There it is. All right. So there's our link tree page. Our link tree page is where you can find all our platforms and everything that we do. And there is a ton, ton of stuff for you guys to check out, man. I mean, we've got Instagram, we got Facebook, we got YouTube, we got um, TikTok. We have Tumblr. We have, don't forget our true victory, um, where you can use the code to fanboys and buy some cool sports gear, um, is on there. We have a Twitch account. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, and our heart radio on audio. There is a ton for you to check out. All you got to do is scan that code to the right of the screen. It'll take you right to our Linktree page. And I wanted to put that out there, trying to advertise our Linktree page. By the way, if you go to our page, please sign up for our email list. Um, Any new updates or news or anything, we we would love to have your email and to be able to send you updates on all of our stuff. I am working on something um, for all of our fans. So I'm hoping to have an update, um, on some, something new and exciting to be, a, to be a part of as our fans. And, uh, that'll definitely be on our link tree page. So I'm going to start the show out with that, put that up there. And then while we're talking, we'll go to our veteran true victory page. And I'll get that up, and then we'll start the show. This is uh, Memorial Day. Just weekend was just here. This is veteran-owned. It's a sportswear company. Um, So please support them, support us. Go there and shop. You can pick up men's, women's accessories. There is some really, really great and cool sportswear gear in this. They have a great message about building champions despite ups and downs and and everything else so check them out Uh, they were started by veterans and first responders so um, you can scan that code to the right of the screen i'm going to leave this up for a while use our code to fanboys for a 15 percent discount and i'll leave that up on the screen for a while so you guys can check that out while we're talking so i'm going to start the show out Yesterday, the college baseball field of 64 was was set yesterday. Um, two days ago now, the top 16 teams were selected as host sites. And 
Eight of those 16 teams are SEC teams, and four are ACC. So 12 of the 16 teams are either SEC or ACC. Are you surprised? You sound a little surprised. It's not really. I'm not surprised, but (laughs) it's a big number, you know. I mean, when you see it, you're like, wow. You know, I mean, the SEC possibly could have had 10, um, you know, but eight out of 16, 50% of the regional sites uh, host teams are SEC teams. There are four ACC teams in there as well. Um, I'll kind of go through. So the top overall seed is is Wake Forest. Um, and then these are out of order. I don't have them in order, but number one seeds in there uh, for their host site. Um, the top seed, <clears throat> Alabama. I got the I got the uh, top seed. You, ha- you, you have the order? order? Yeah, I got the order. You got one, uh, which is Wake Forest. Yeah. You got two, which is Florida. Florida. Yeah. You got Arkansas at three. You got Clemson at four, LSU. Uh, my God, John, what we have here that LSU is LSU. at five. Yeah. Is at five. Vanderbilt is at six. Virginia is seven. Stanford is at eight. Uh, coming back up, we have just lost it at eight. You got uh, Miami at nine. You got Coastal Carolina coming in at 10. Yeah. Then you have Oklahoma State at 11. You have Kentucky mm, at, at 12. 12. Exactly. You have Auburn at 13. 13. And yep. you have Indiana State at 14. At 14. Yes. And South yep. Carolina, the last SEC school. No, I'm sorry, not the last SEC, next to last. South Carolina at 15. And coming up the rear is Alabama at 16. So that's your top 16 teams. Those are your host sites mm-hmm. for the field of 64. Each host site gets three teams added to their region. And so Wake Forest has George Mason, George Mason, Northeastern, and Maryland mm-hmm. added to their region. Mm-hmm. Alabama has Nichols, Troy, and Boston College to their region. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miami has Maine, Louisiana, and Texas to their region. And Stanford has San, Ho- San Jose State, Cal State Fullerton, and Texas A&M in their, in, in their set. Um for, for the field of 64. And that's that's one side, one bracket. Then the bottom of the bracket is LSU, and they have Tulane, Sam Houston, and Oregon State. And then Kentucky as a host site. They have Ball State, Indiana, and West Virginia. Um, then you have Auburn, and they have Penn, Samford, and Southern Miss. And then you have Clemson, who has Lipscomb, Charlotte, and Tennessee, who got a two seed in this mm. and did not get a host site. Mm. So Tennessee was ranked number two in the country preseason. Still. Just so you guys know. So they did not even get a host site. They're going 
to Clemson. And by the way, if Jay is on with us or, or watches this show, Clemson's been one of the hottest baseball teams in the country mm-hmm. as of late. Um, and they are a top four. See, they're number four, I think, Clemson is. So um, on the other side of the bracket, you have Florida, and they get Florida A&M, Texas Tech, and UConn. Below them is South Carolina. They get Central um, Connecticut State, North Carolina State, and Campbell. By the way, Campbell is the one team that I'm hearing the most uproar about that should have been in those top 16. Um, they had a really great season, and they're not in that they're one of the two seeds. Um, so then you have Coastal Carolina. They get Ryder. Um UNC Wilmington and Duke. And then you have Virginia gets Army West Point, Oklahoma, and East Carolina. East Carolina is a pretty good team in there as well. Um, Vanderbilt gets gets Eastern Illinois, Xavier, and Oregon. Can't count out Oregon. Oklahoma State gets Oral Roberts, Washington, and DBU. Um in Indiana State gets Wright State, North Carolina, and Iowa. And Arkansas gets Santa Clara, Arizona, and TCU. And that is your field of 64 for the baseball. Um, it starts on Friday, June the 2nd. Um, the This opening weekend runs from June the 2nd to June 5th. So you you have four teams that start out, and of course you have um, one winner that comes out of each of these sets of fours, and goes on to what's called super. the super regional. There we go. There we go. Yeah, they this goes on. So the winner of these sets of four basically mm-hmm. will go on to what is called the super regional. There will be 32 teams left after this weekend. Um, It'll go down and make sure I tell you why. No, there'll be 16 teams left after this weekend. One moves on. That's called the Super Regional. And then you get down to the eight teams, and the eight teams is what's considered the College World Series. Pretty good feel. Pretty good feel. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. Kentucky um, is in the field and a host team. First time they have hosted since 2017. And only the third time ever that Kentucky has been a host team. So uh, I feel like they got a, a pretty decent draw and bracket. Now, if they win their regional site, they do match up against LSU, which – has been the number one team basically all year until the last couple of weeks. So um, they come in at number five. So we'll see. Will you get a chance to go there and sneak and, and, and catch a game if you're able to get away from your busy schedule? I would love to, to be honest with you. I would love to. It's the first time they have a, a brand-new ballpark, Kentucky Proud Park. Yeah. Um, and uh, – it's the first time at their new park that they're getting to, you know, be a host yeah. site. Yeah. Now I will say this, and 
I'm going to put this up on the screen. So they're having a little trouble. So the city didn't plan this out too well. And they are, I, 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 so this is actually happening. Okay. So the city didn't plan this out too well. And there's some kind of huge country music festival going on in Lexington this weekend. And apparently none of the teams, even for the players can find Hotel. hotels within it within an hour Ooh. of Lexington. Mm. So Kentucky has actually, this, the kids are out of school, most of them and stuff. So the dorms are setting empty. So Kentucky is actually opening up their dorms. That's not a bad idea. For all the teams. That, that's not a bad idea. I, <laughs> it's not typical. But that's not a bad idea. So yeah. since the teams can't find hotels anywhere near Lexington, so you have you have Ball State, Indiana, and West Virginia that are coming to town. They're baseball teams and their families and and you Ooh, know I just thought about that. Yeah, the families. Yeah, you know, you know, so you fans and stuff and, and, and everything. So it's kind of a big deal. So Kentucky is stepping up for the teams and, and saying, hey, you can use our dorms. But what about all the fans that want to come in and watch the game and you can't find any hotel rooms? What about, what about, and I'm playing devil's advocate, Brad, are there any sorority houses, fraternity houses on campus? Yeah, I'm sure there is you know, a bunch I, of them. Yeah, I, 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 now I know the Airbnbs are probably sold out everywhere uh, in in Kentucky. You know that, that, that's probably gonna be the best best course of action doing Airbnbs because I know we started doing those as well for the AAU teams. Put them in the house instead yeah. of being in the hotel. But I'm pretty sure whoever has Airbnbs, run the price up. Run the price up. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Like somebody's going to pay. Somebody's going to yeah. pay double the market price to be at this yep. region. And I can. Oh, listen. I hope you have a good chance. I hope, I hope your business booms. And I hope it booms because there's going to be some people hungry. Some hungry people. Yeah. Yeah. This is true. This is true. Yep. Absolutely. All right, so I hope we made John Roberts proud. We at least talked about <laughs> baseball. And on top of this, I want to throw this in before we move on to something else. Auburn made a, a hell of a push at the end of the season. After Halfway through, the, the they play 30 games in the SEC. Halfway through, Auburn only had six wins. And I think they wound up tied with Kentucky at 16. I'm pretty sure. So – they had a heck of a, a second half of the season, second half of the SEC season. It was a little more than half um, before they really turned it around overall. Um, but the second half of the SEC season, they really started coming together and playing well, and they got a 13th seed out of it, So, uh, or the 13th uh, region out of it. Kentucky's 12, they're 13. I'm going to give John a little bit of props that Auburn put together um, a good second half and, and made a run, and now they get to host a region. And to be quite honest with you, 
I think they can come out of their re, that out of that region side. I mean, they got Penn, Samford, and Southern Miss. If, if, I mean, yeah, if if he was on the show, he would be talking about oh yeah, Alabama, the Alabamas, Auburn is there, Samford is there, yeah, Even Tuscaloosa. We have three teams from the state of Alabama. Yep. Yeah. In the field of sixty-four. Yeah, it's going to be rocking. It's going to be rocking. Yep. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's going to be fun. I look forward to it this weekend. I'm definitely going to be uh, paying attention, paying attention to Kentucky's region. Uh, I'm hoping they will come out of there and have a chance against LSU because I feel like LSU is probably going to win there. So, <clears throat> excuse me. All right, so I want to now move to NBA college. The college return deadline is tomorrow. Mm. Mm. All right. Big decision. Big decision. You have to come back by midnight Eastern time tomorrow. May 31st. So there is a lot of decisions that are being made. I noticed a lot today that have come out. So I want to run through some of these with you guys um, just to uh, throw some out. There are some that are big names. There are some that are mid names. So um, we're going to, kind of run through the ones that I have here and uh, Jason, you can stop me and chime in on whichever one you want to, but I, I, there's, you, there's some, there's some bigger names and then there's not. So, you know what I'm saying? I'm so exactly. Akron's Enrique Freeman is going to withdraw from the draft and return to school for Akron. But he, he announced today, Good Tyron, <clears throat> Tyron Lawrence who has played the last three seasons at Vanderbilt is withdrawing his name and is going to return to school, but he is in the transfer portal. Gotcha. Gotcha. So um, we do not know where he is going to play next season, but he is withdrawing his name from the NBA draft. Okay. Okay. Um, Arizona State's Marcus Bagley plans mm-hmm. to stay in the draft. Mm-hmm. That one was a little bit of a surprise. Uh, New Hampshire's Clarence Daniels tells me that he's going to withdraw. And by me, I'm talking, I'm running through John mm-hmm. Rothstein here. So mm-hmm. this is who I'm running through. He's He made a whole list today of 20. Okay. Of tweets. So, if you want to run through John Rothstein, Steen Stein, I'm not sure how he pronounces it, um, but uh, he he's he is a big college basketball dude. So, um, the anyway, Clarence Daniels, New Hampshire, is returning to school, withdrawing from the NBA draft. San Diego State's Jaden Ladee is is withdrawing from the 2023 NBA draft and returning to school per his Instagram. 
That is big. That's a big that's, one right there. That's significant Mountain West news right there. Um, sources are saying that Villanova has emerged as a strong potential destination for Richmond transfer Tyler Burton. Burton is also an early entrant for the NBA draft, but now they are expecting him to return. Average 19 points a game, 7.4 rebounds last season for Richmond. Um, Kim English, the new coach at Providence, said today on College Hoops Today podcast that he plans on having Bryce Hopkins uh, be a much more of a three-point shooter this coming year. So that's a little bit of news. Grant Nelson. Ding, 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 ding. Drawing from the 2023 NBA draft and will return to a school. Grant Nelson averaged almost 18 points and 9.3 rebounds last year for North North Dakota State and is in the transfer portal and a like big-time kid, okay? And, and he put Portal Combat, which his phone line, as yep. soon as he announced that, probably has been getting nothing, ding, ding, calls out the wazoo. That kid can really play. Surprised yep. he stayed in. Yeah. I'm surprised he went. I'm sorry, surprised that he's he coming back. Surprised yeah. he so he's he's withdrawing from um, the NBA draft. Man. All right. So this yeah. next one, this next one is n not an NBA draft decision, but I was kind of going to try to get to this in a little bit later, but I'll go ahead while I'm running through it. Mm -hmm. um, Tommy Lloyd, the Arizona coach, is making a lot of noise today. He's already landed Jaden Bradley from Alabama, the guard, the transfer, and he, la he landed uh, Keyshad Johnson from San Diego State. Today, Caleb Love from North, from North Carolina – announces his transfer to Arizona to play with those two players transfers for Tommy Lloyd at Arizona. So look for Arizona to be a really, really strong team next year. Caleb Love is, Love is from North Carolina. He was a guard on that team, transferred to Michigan, backed out of that commitment. Uh because I hear it had to do with um, credit transfer issues is what I hear it had to do with. I'm not real sure, but that's what that's, I heard as well. That's what I heard. I heard some of that's this. what I heard that it had to do with credit transfer issues that he wasn't going to be considered a, you know, whatever grade he's a senior or whatever, you know, whatever I, he's been there a few years at, at North Carolina, two at least, maybe three. I can't remember. But anyway, that's a big-time news. Um, so Arizona's potential starting five is Jaden Bradley, Caleb Love, uh, Paley Larson, Keisha Johnson, 
and Bay and Balo as the as the big guy. I'm okay. telling you, look out for Arizona next year in college basketball world. Um, here's another big name. Alabama's Mark Sears has withdrawn from the 2023 NBA draft and will return to Alabama. Per his Twitter page, um, Pitts Blake Henson has withdrawn from the draft and returned to school. Uh, that's pretty – it says significant ACC news um, for Pitt there. LSU Will Baker will withdraw from the draft and return to school. He is a transfer from Nevada. Um, Tulane's Jalen Forbes and Kevin Cross are both both withdrawing from the draft and return to school. Here's another pretty big name. Houston's LJ Cryer plans to withdraw from the draft and return to school. Um, here's another one that's in the transfer portal, by the way that is not picked to school, R.J. Dennis um, is withdrawing from the 2023 draft after doing a workout today with the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, he's transferring from Toledo and is not picked to school yet. Here's a pretty big one for you guys. Hence why uh, I'm wearing the shirt. Yeah, yeah, Ole Miss. You guys, is Ole Miss. He played at Ole Miss. So, uh, all right. Um, Ole Miss, Matthew Merle is withdrawing from the draft and will return to school for next season. That's pretty big. That's big. And we that's also – That's big for Ole Miss. Big for and, – and, and, and we also received Alan Flanagan from Auburn. Oh, he, really? He has committed to Ole Miss. Hence why I'm wearing the old Miss shirt today. Hey, and he's got he's got some recruits and stuff in yeah, too. So he's he's, got, doing, he's doing a great job down there. So he, far. he's revamped the roster so far, and you know we see he's got a commitment from a kid that's going to overtime elite who will be there next year. So yeah, things are trending up in Oxford the only way they can because we were down. Yep, things absolutely. And Chris Beard's doing a great job so far. Um, so. Got to give him some props on that. Ohio State's Justice Suing is staying in the draft, Yeah. by the way, uh, per his agent, Scott Nichols. Shout out to Kevin Cross, too. Kevin Cross, the kid who um, who ended up going back to uh, Tulane. He's a little rock kid. I played ball with his dad. <clears throat> Uh, in high school, saw that young man grow up, uh, mature, get his body together, really took it seriously. And uh, he, he, he put his name in, but he's going back, looking for him to have a big year. Uh, so, shout out to who we call Junior. Kevin right, Cross man. Jr. Shout out okay. to Kevin Cross. All right. Uh, another one, Gonzaga Steel Venters is planning on withdrawing from the draft. He actually played at Eastern Washington last year in his transfer. Mm -hmm. Georgia's Terry Roberts mm -hmm. will not use his COVID year and is staying in the in, in the NBA draft. 
I don't know if you guys remember Terry Roberts, but he tore Kentucky up a couple of times, even <laughs> though Kentucky won games. But, man, that kid can play. I just want to say um, – so that was one Georgia lost. Russell Shewa has withdrawn from the 2023 draft and will return – to school, he's going to Georgia. He's a transfer from South Florida. Shout out to Michael White, my former teammate at Ole Miss, head coach. Way to get him back. Way to get him back. All right. So running through this, oh yeah, I do want to say the last one is Auburn. Auburn's Johnny Broom announced that he is coming back and withdrawing from the draft. So that's a pretty big name in the SEC. Um, so that's a big, that's a big time get uh, to get him back for the 2023-2024 uh, season for next season. Yeah. I was big. It's big for all. It's big for all. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Ryan Kalkbrenner is returning to Creighton, which is a big time get. If they could also get Trey Alexander back, Creighton will still be a really, really good Big East team next year. I'm waiting on that one. I'm waiting on that one. Uh, Trey Alexander, uh, got a chance to coach him up during the COVID year. He played with me in a couple tournaments. I actually talked to an NBA scout about. I uh, had a conversation about uh, him. Saw his dad uh, over the weekend. And I knew they had to get ready to make a decision. So I think if he doesn't, you know, hear what he wants to hear, I think he'll be back at Creighton, looking to have a, a breakout junior year. Yeah, Trey Alexander should actually probably come back. He's actually those two um, on the show we did. I did last Thursday with with Rob Logan. Mm -hmm. uh, we did a show where one of one of the topics that we did was the the thirteen or fourteen uh, top NBA college decisions mm -hmm. to stay or, or go um, that will affect the college basketball season next year, and those two were on that list. Mm -hmm. two, two of the names You're that right. we talked about. You're right. You're right. So one of them, Ryan, has already announced that he's coming back. So now we are paying attention to uh, to Trey Alexander and see if he's going to come back as well. John Roberts is on with us. What's up, John? Mm, yo, what's up, John? What's up, man? Yep, so I, I, I went ahead while we were kind of running through that and uh, talked about Caleb Love going to Arizona. That is a huge, huge get for them. Um, like I said, look for Arizona to be, again, top-notch in the Pac-12 out there next year. Um, they usually are, but Tommy Lloyd is probably not getting as much credit as he deserves um, he's doing a fantastic job out there. 
He's now lined up three of the top transfers. Caleb Love is considered the number one overall transfer. Now, I don't mm. make the list, and I don't make the rules, and I don't know, you know, it's bigger than than Hunter Dickinson or whatever. I'm not saying that I, you know, he is or not, but you're talking about three kids who are top of the list. I'm not saying they're all three at the top, but top 10, 15 transfers on the list are going to Arizona. When you got Jaden Bradley, uh, Keyshawn Johnson, and now Caleb Love going yeah, to Arizona. Yeah, significant gets at the portal for uh, Arizona, man. Like, I, I look for them to be, hey, right in the mix again, right in the mix again. Man. He, he always keeps a good team. And that's great guard play that he just picked up. Very experienced. You, you cannot recruit any high school kids that would come they in. They give you the experience, experience like they, like what they're yes. getting there with yes. them three yes. kids. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And and you know I want to say so. Mark Sears coming back to Alabama. You put him with a kid that transferred from Texas. The guard, I'm not from Texas. From Houston. I said Texas. You were talking about you know, the kid uh, uh, Ontario. Ontario is going to Kansas. No, uh, the kid he was a come off the bench for Houston. Played behind. He was about the third guard. Played behind. I can't think of what his darn name I can't is. Think of his name. Anyway, he transferred to Alabama. You put Sears with with him, with this kid that I'm talking about. I'm telling you, they're going to have a stellar, stellar backcourt, and that's with losing Jaden Bradley as a transfer that's going to going to Arizona that we were just talking about. I was so, shocked by that. I was shocked by that. John, if you can join us Thursday, I'd appreciate it, man. Jason's probably going to be busy, so um, I, I'd appreciate it. We'll, we'll, we'll get something lined up if you can. <laughs> oh, John. Yeah, John hadn't been on for a couple of weeks. He's doing some pulling some over, overtime and um, doing some heavy stuff with work, just like a heavy load um, on him with work and stuff. So he hadn't been on for a couple of weeks, but uh, – You'll be happy to know, John, that we opened the show with the field of 64 <laughs> baseball, just so you know. So you're going to yeah. have to go back and watch because we already yeah. hit all that. But you're going to have to go back. We at least hit on it, talked about it, opened the show with it. So um, you should you should be proud. Like, you really should be proud. <laughs> and you know he is. You know he is. He got all <laughs> staff in Alabama right there. I know he's. Not much yep. Alabama guy, but Auburn, yes, more definitely. Yeah, absolutely, man. All right, so my next thing we're going to do is I'm going to get off here and take off the true victory um, for just a few minutes, and we are going to um, – let Fresh talk about the Real Channel. I'm going to let him get get this up on the screen for you guys. And <clears throat> we are featured on Sunday. When we do a Sunday night show, 
there's been some holidays and things this past weekend was Memorial Day and we've had Mother's Day and we've had Easter and Father's Day's coming up. And so we, we haven't been doing as many Sunday nights, but uh, when we do, we are featured on Sunday nights on how he's uh, the real fresh channel. And I'll let him speak and uh, tell you a little bit about the real fresh channel. Hey, I am Hal Fresh here to tell you about The Real Fresh Channel. That's right, youtube.com slash The Real Fresh Channel. We are a network aiming to bring you various content each and every day, different types of podcasts, different type of content, uh, anything from college sportcast uh, and fresh takes for some sports. We also got You Want to Do What? We got The Wrestling Corner. We got live streams. Just go over to youtube.com slash The Real Fresh Channel and hit us up today. Thank you for uh, checking it out. Appreciate your time. It's real fresh. All right, guys. So that was Howie uh, with the Real Fresh channel. Howie Fresh, to be honest with you. Um, and uh, he is part of the Fanboys. He's also part of Let's Talk Sports um, and the merger with Sideline Sports as well. So... Um, he is a definite friend of the show and we try to, uh, announce and hit him up whenever, whenever we can try to get him on the show there with his, um, channel that he tries to promote. So we appreciate that. All right. So we're going to kind of start going towards some football stuff. And the big start with some news. So Iowa's longtime AD Barta announced today uh, his retirement. Now, it's not immediate or nothing, and I didn't check out the full story. I'm not exactly sure when he is scheduled to retire yet, but it is kind of significant news um, for the Iowa AD. So Iowa – as a longtime head coach, football coach there with Ferentz. Um, and they have a spectacular and great girls team that got all the way to the finals and and lost to LSU. Um, we'll and got one of the, the final four. We'll be back in the final four. And got year. one of the best girls in the country um, there playing with them. Um, and then, you know, you've got the, the boys' men's basketball team that is usually a pretty good team in Iowa. Uh, so, you know, their AD announcing his retirement is is a pretty big deal, and I thought we would at least talk about that on the show um, and, and see what you think about it, Jason. I know that, uh, um, you know, that kind of stuff can affect a, a – university or team, I was a little different. They're close-knit. I mean, I don't know. They'll probably have somebody that's been behind him for a long time to fill in, and they probably won't miss a beat. What do you think? I think that's the um, consensus. Uh, all parties, especially everybody in the academic uh, world, they, they will want someone who, who knows the community and who has been a part of that community because if you bring in someone who's actually not from there, each AD who comes into a new situation, they want to get their guys. You know, uh, they're going to look at who's been winning, 
who's been successful and where they're losing money at and who needs to go. And so you would hope, and I know everybody down that way, is probably hoping someone, probably the uh, assistant AD or someone like that, will be able to step up uh, and, and take over the job. Someone who knows the day-to-day operations uh, around that campus and that community. So, yeah, that that is significant news. We have a long-time person uh, who's been in a position like that. But most of the time, Brad, there's always talk about his successor. And I don't know if he, because uh, I don't know the reason. Do you know the reason behind his uh, his retirement? Did it did it say? Or did he- uh, you know, no, I really didn't. Um, you know, I kind of just seen it at the very end when I was putting some of this together mm-hmm. and I thought it was significant enough news to at least announce it while we were talking about the news tonight. Um, but if you want to click the story, I was kind of throwing this together the last 10 or 15 minutes, Jason, don't worry, don't but worry. you know, <laughs> Hey, you know, I'm gonna look at it cause you know, it's right there. <clears throat> I'm sure it's in the top like paragraph of the story. Sure, if I'm trying to find it. Yeah, man, that's that, that's that's very significant, man, for an AD to uh, retire, especially for Iowa. I mean, they they're a very close knit family, and he's a long term AD, uh, been there a long time. They got, I, I'm pretty sure that Ference is the longest tenured head coach in college football. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Last year, this this coming year, will be 25. He was a, he was athletic for 17 years, making him the second longest tenured AD in the Big Ten. Um, he played a role in the college football committee. Uh, that's what I thought. It didn't come suddenly, nor did it come without significant thought. Uh, like he said, uh, because I always want to be done at the right time for me and my family. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I'm sure there's probably somebody in behind him that's been training and been there and, you know, knows the ins and outs of everything in there. Well, well, additionally, and we're not going, I'm not going to just say that, um, uh, high, ew, off the field, Barter's uh, Tensors has featured multiple high profile lawsuits. Uh, we say I will pay out more than 10 million in 2017, that includes 7.4 million for a group of uh, African American uh, football players who sued for discrimination. There was 6.5 payout in 2017 for the final field hockey coach, a former senior director, also won 1.5 million in damages and discrimination lawsuits. So then they also announced this month that uh, it's fully cooperating with a sports wagering investigation. At the school, has received about 11, 111 individuals, although only 26 are current athletes. So it's not come as much of a surprise within the college athletic industry, because in September 2022, the school hired Bev Gortez, who was a sitting as the director at Ball State. So, yeah, uh, director the hired. Yep. So. When he was uh so that i think they already have some money in place yeah they, they probably already have some money in place so it's probably what like i said reading that article what i got from it that some things that transpired and it's, it's not a surprise but i think he just before things hit the fan and i hope they don't 
Right. If something hits the fan, he probably just wants to get out the way. And so yeah. a new regime can come in and, and keep and keep keep things going. That's fair. I just yeah. saw it as we were as I was putting together a few things here um, and uh, thought we'd put it on the show. Now I do know a little bit about this. I actually wrote a stadium rant article on this this week. Check it out. I think it was posted on Thursday um, and uh, about the spring SEC spring meetings. They are actually coming up this week. As of yesterday, Greg Sankey even come out and said that he is in hopes to get a college football schedule resolution for the SEC set for 2024 and beyond. My article is actually entitled, Will the SEC Keep an Eight-Game Schedule? So... Check it out. I'm not going to give everything away because I want you to uh, go there and click and read my article. Again, it's on Stadium Rent. But I will say this. So there seems to be – so let me put it this way. About for the pretty much the last year, it's pretty much been a foregone conclusion that the SEC was going to go to a nine-game schedule when Oklahoma – and Texas joins in 2024. Um, There has been two schedule formats that have been talked about. One is an eight-game schedule, one is a nine. But almost everybody has been under the thought that it would go to a nine-game schedule. However, right before all these meetings are coming in to take place in uh, Miramar, Florida, this coming week. So there is significant um, rumors, I guess you could say, that there are several teams who are against the nine-game schedule and that the nine-game schedule is losing steam. and that they may actually keep an eight-game schedule. They are in hopes to have a vote on this this week. They're there for two or three days, and I think they may even vote on this twice if they need to, Um, but they are in hopes to get this ironed out. Texas and Oklahoma join July 1st in 2024. That is a year and a month away. Mm. And the SEC usually puts out the next season schedule by October. And as of right now, they don't even know if they're going to have they, – they can't put out a schedule – because there's no, been no resolution <coughs> on what the schedule is actually going to look like. Well, that's something else right there. So, it is pretty significant news that the SEC needs to work this out. They got to work it out. They got to work it out, man. Like I, said, I, don't, I don't want so. 
there is at least six teams that support a nine-game schedule. There is at least five teams that support an eight-game schedule. Okay? So that's 11 of the 14. And the vote has to at least be a majority. So you have to get eight out of the 14. Texas and Oklahoma do not get to vote because they are not official members until July 1st, 2024. So they do not get to vote. So there's 14 teams that are voting. Now, from what I hear, there are three teams on the fence, one that has not given an indication either way, but that team is Vanderbilt. And it's very hard for me to imagine that Vanderbilt wants a nine-game schedule. Okay? Let's just be honest. Well, you never know, man. Hey, Vanderbilt might think it's this their year. This is their chance. I mean, it's just hard for me to imagine that Vanderbilt wants a nine-game schedule when they already play an eight in the SEC, and it's Vanderbilt. I mean, come on. They're, 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 they're dogs in every game. Hey, hey. And you know that. Yeah, you're right. But hey. They're underdogs. And by dogs, I mean underdogs. They're underdogs in, in every game. I'm going right. to say this, and you're probably going to laugh. Jerry Stackhouse has revived the <laughs> Vanderbilt Athletics. <laughs> okay. The Athletics. <clears throat> the, whole, the whole athletic. Hey, hey, Vanderbilt did just win the baseball conference ch- hey, uh, championship. Hey, baseball, basketball, football. I mean, so know, so maybe, maybe they're going to sh- – Maybe they're going to shock the world and win the SEC in football. Now, I'm not going to go that far. But I'm going <laughs> to say that they might have a winning record. All right. Okay. If, if Vanderbilt has a winning record, that is the coach of the year. Doesn't yeah. Matter. Doesn't matter. All right. So, then the other teams, there are three teams that are supposed to be on the fence. Um, that is – I, I, like I said, I'll let you try to read my article and get some of this information, but – there are three teams supposed to be on the fence. And then there is one team, and it happens to be the the head dog right now of the SEC, and that's Georgia, that wants to know, and it's a legit question, they want to know, is the TV rights contract going to be renegotiated to add – money to be split to add a ninth and extra week of SEC heavy big hit games and it's it's actually right so the 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 contract was negotiated for eight game seasons and if you start adding a ninth game in and you generating whatever, $100 million more, $50 million more because you're adding an extra SEC week of football. That's eight extra games, by the way, that are on networks and making money. All the games will be making money. Um, Georgia wants to know, hey, if we're going to go to nine games, we need a piece of the pie. <laughs> 
it should be split just like all the rest of the games. What do you think of that? Mm. I think they got a point. I mean, you know, they do do. They've been doing revenue sharing forever. Yeah. Um, I, I can understand that, but man, it's a lot of money involved, Brad. It's a lot of money involved. There is. I mean, SEC football is a huge deal. I mean, you add eight games in one week to the schedule, and you're adding, you know. You're adding millions of dollars. Yeah, it's generous because you know you know how it is. An SEC football game in your town, yeah, generates money. Everybody is successful. All they're all on. They're all on national TV. Yep. So yep. they're all getting the TV rights and the commercial money and everything else. You know, they're all getting that stuff. Mm-hmm. And and viewership is out is out the you know you know what and then. And then you get, you know, the 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 home crowd, you know, the crowds that are there, and the money that's brought in for that, and everything else. I mean, you know, so it's significant. I mean, it's significant money. So Georgia wants to know, hey, if we're going to nine games, we need to have a piece of the pie. They've been doing revenue sharing for. Years and years and years, probably they were probably doing it when you were there. Man, it's it's yeah. very, but not not to the magnitude is that it's been since the SEC network as right. long as his old network. But yeah, it's yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And it was launched. Gosh, was it launched like in 08 or something? Now I don't know. I'm it's been a while. Sure. It's been a while, but yeah, it's yeah, it's very significant. Yeah. So, anyways, check out my article. Again, I'll give it a little hit, Stadium Rant. Um, check it out. And uh, it's, again, on whether or not the SEC is going to keep an eight-game schedule or not, which is a little surprising. And most people probably thought they were going to nine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not so fast, my friends. Not so fast, my friends. <laughs> Not so fast, my friends. Who says that? That's Lee Corso. (laughs) Not so fast. (laughs) Exactly. See, college football, I had to throw that in there. Not so fast. Hey, not so fast. (laughs) All right. Just have a little fun with y'all. Got to. Got to. You know, had to throw that in there. All right, so I'm going to put up our uh, official merchandise page. And I haven't put that up yet tonight, so I'm going to get that up on the screen while we kind of finish up some of this stuff here tonight. Uh, again, it's a QR code that you can scan, and you can go to our official merchandise page and get our custom art logo, um, and you can get it on shirts. You can also get um college sports cast basketball football baseball softball volleyball soccer we have a shirt for just about every league and uh you can check it out we also have a couple of coffee mugs there again 
Use the QR code while you're watching with us, guys. Use our code WATCHCSCAST for a 15% discount. Um, and we would appreciate you guys jumping on board and uh, checking us out there on our official merch page. All right. So the last little bit of college football stuff that, that before we get to our uh, segment that I was going to do <clears throat> is June is an absolute monster huge month in recruiting. So there, we've been through a dead period since uh, the f- end of April, 1st of May. <clears throat> and there's really been no off-campus recruiting. But starting this weekend, for the next four solid weekends in June, official visits start in college football. And any and all all these teams are going to be, you know, trying to set up as many big-time visits as they can get and, uh, and, and try to – you know, this is the summer visits here are the peak of getting commitments in the fall. So they they come to big visits here most of the time, okay, and then they come to games early in the fall. You start getting them to some home games in September and October, and if they like their visit here in the summer and come to a game then they usually start making decisions in September, October after coming to games and you start seeing some fall commitments. So this is a huge time of year for all college football. Kentucky's got some stellar, stellar visits lined up. I'm kind of excited about it. Um, you know, they are Kentucky football. I just want to say this. Mark Stevens <laughs> has absolutely changed the game for Kentucky football. So I was talking to a North Carolina State fan. And, you know, North Carolina State has been pretty significant in the ACC the last five, six, eight years. And and they probably averaged seven and a half wins or something um, over the last five, six, seven, eight years in the ACC. But he told me, he said, Brad, he said, you know, Kentucky is – head and shoulders above what North Carolina State is recruiting right now. He said that the type of talent and the players that Kentucky is recruiting and going up against, that North Carolina State's just not in that echelon yet. Um, Kentucky's recruiting with the big dogs, guys. Like, I'm – like. I'm telling you, they're recruiting with the Alabamas and the Clemson against the Michigans. Against so they've got a kid from Alabama, all right, that's an offensive lineman that is like six seven and is like three thirty and is a massive human being that is extremely gifted and talented kid from Alabama. 
that is coming on an official visit either this weekend or next weekend. I can't remember exactly which one he is. But, again, they are competing with the big dogs and getting visits. So, like, so, so you, only, you only get five, all right? So if you're if you got if you're from Alabama and you're lining up, you're going to Alabama and you're going to whatever Texas A and M and you're going to Auburn and then you say I'm out of my fire, I'm going to Kentucky. I'm telling you guys that shit's it's not only exciting, it's significant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really is. So basically, um, what are you saying that you've never seen the level of recruiting for Kentucky football? That Stoops has been able to to start up and, and really ignite. I'm not to... really, man. You know, yeah. I've been following. I'm I'm. I'll tell my age. I'm 48, and and I've been following Kentucky football since the very early 80s. You know, 82, mm-hmm. 83. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty heavy most of my life, and you know, we've had some stints where you know, hey, we get a. Kentucky five-star kid here. We got Dennis Johnson. We got um, Tim Couch. We got Jared Lorenzen. You know what I mean? Like, but they yeah, were all yeah, Kentucky yeah. kids. You yeah, know what I mean? Exactly, exactly. Like they were all Kentucky kids, um, and they were five-star kids and stuff like that. Don't get me wrong, but the level, like, so we are also going head-to-head against Michigan. We're going head-to-head against Clemson. We're going head-to-head with Ohio State. We're going head-to-head with Alabama and getting official visits. I just wanted to bring it up. It's absolutely significant, and I'm excited to see what happens. You know, we got got a top three, depending on which um, uh, recruiting service that that you pay attention to. But he's either two, three, or six, okay, in the country as a QB that has committed and is coming to Kentucky. And every school in the country was after him. Now, I will say this he is another Kentucky kid, okay? So that one, a commitment, is not as big as some of these kids that, that, that are coming on visits this time. But even if you are a Kentucky kid and Alabama comes calling and Michigan comes calling and, and, and you know, Clemson comes calling, a lot of times those kids wind up going to those bigger schools anymore. Um, you know. Well, the crazy, at, thing is, the crazy thing is now, now, Brad, with, with – with the significance of the SEC, it really, and I had to say it unless you're fan of it, it really doesn't matter where you're going. You probably want to go where you're going to play right away. You know, you want to get on the field. You, and you want to. And Kentucky, and Kentucky years. can do that. You want to get your three years. <clears throat> yep. You know, most, most I mean, you look at Dion. You look at Dion Walker, who come in last year humongous massive human being six mm-hmm. foot six 350 pounds defensive lineman that might have had the best freshman pure freshman season that Kentucky's ever had 
Okay. I'm not talking about a red shirt freshman. I'm talking about like, like he came in as a pure freshman and played significant, started 11 games out of 13, you know, is going to be a star, absolute star. You got, you got Dane key. You got Barry and Brown that come in last year, four star wide receivers. Guess what they did? They didn't red shirt. They had 50 plus catches as a true freshman. So you got you're right on that. Yeah. That these kids can come in if you've got talent. Yeah, you can come in and play immediately. You ain't sitting on the bench for two years like you are at Alabama. Yeah, or, or redshirting and then just playing two years. You want to get yeah. now. Sometimes a significant redshirt can help because it counts as that year or whatnot. So yeah. Yep. I just wanted to bring it up. So, anyways. We'll move on to our last subtopic of the night. Um, so I had found an article uh, this week that uh, lists – actually, this article lists the top 100 players for college football. But for the significant of the show, I didn't want to sit here – you know, for the entirety of the show and go through a top 100 list. Um, I thought it would kind of be a little much to go through a top 100 list. list. Yeah. Um, but top 20, I thought I thought we could make that a little interesting and talk about the top 20. Uh, that, 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 we can do that. That's something that we definitely can do. Yeah, that's listed here for college football for 2023. This is for the upcoming season. This is an on three article, and the article will come out May 20th. So it is 10 days old. Um, and like I said, this is an on three article. I'm trying to see if I can. Nick Schultz is the author of this article. All right, so the top 20 kids listed are players listed for college football. I'm going to start at number 20. Number 20 is a edge from Washington, Braylon Trice, edge rusher from Washington, is listed at number 20. Um, for the 2023 season. Want to get that out there. We'll run through the top, these uh, 16 through 20 here, and then we'll do a little talk about them. So number 19 is uh, an edge as well, rusher from UCLA, uh, Lado is his last name. Leatu Ladu, I think is how you pronounce his name. Uh, but he's an edge rusher, UCLA. So number 10 and number 20 are both edge rushers from the Pac-12, by the way. Wow. Number 18 is um, Dwayne Carter from Duke. 
Number 17 is Jerzon Newton from Illinois. Number 16 is Abdul Carter, linebacker from Penn State. And Penn State has three of the top 20 players, by the way, listed right. on this on this article. I have heard by several people talking about Penn State that they expect Penn State to challenge, <clears throat> at least give a challenge to Michigan and Ohio State as this year. Um, they think that Penn State is going to be that good. So um, we've got defensive players basically listed 16 through 20. One, two from Big Ten, one from the ACC, and two from the Pac-12. Then the top 15 gets a little interesting. Why would you say that? Because these are some big-time players. Now, the top 15 gets a little interesting, if you ask me. You're going to know number 15. Uh-oh. Quinshawn Judkins, you know him? No, the name sounds familiar. <laughs> He's running back from Ole Miss. Running back from Ole Miss. Yeah, I like that name. Sound real familiar. Like, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Number fifteen in, in all of college football. He was a true freshman last year. I'm pretty sure. By the way, um, so uh, he's listed as the number fifteen player um, after his true freshman season in all of college football. So that's pretty significant. Um, he is listed as the second best running back in all of college football. I know he hates that he's just a sophomore. See, I feel like if you have two great years in college football, you should have been in the league. You know, I think you know he's got two years to stick it out. So hopefully he doesn't. Hopefully he doesn't get hurt. I know he's taking out an insurance policy. I will. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Speaking of, so number 14 is the other running back, and that's Blake Corum, running back from Michigan, and he actually got hurt towards the end of the season last year. That hurt them. That hurt them. And missed missed the last four games, I think. Two games at least. Yeah, it was the last two games. You're right. You're right. I believe it was the last two games, I believe, um, which – they wind up winning the Big Ten championships without him, mm-hmm. but then, of course, losing to TCU in the playoffs yeah, yeah. without him. <clears throat> so, uh, hopefully he'll be back and he'll be healthy this year. But uh, Blake Corm is – i he was the best running back in, in the game last year. Um, he is he is coming back. I you know I I really think um, as far as yards and numbers and all that kind of stuff, he was the leader. Now I know that there was a couple of them drafted that you know people probably are going to say was a little bit better um, NFL prospect. No doubt. 
But I'm just talking about as a college football player is what I'm talking about. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. All right, number 13. Oh, John Roberts is going to think this one's interesting. Number 13 is Bo Nix. Whoa, Bo Quarter, Nix. Quarterback for Oregon, yes. Transfer from – from Auburn, he's played one season in Oregon and is back for. I'm pretty sure this has got to be his COVID year. <laughs> his fifth year, or was his? Yeah, I'm gonna say his sixth year, probably his fifth year. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be his final COVID year. I would, I would think. Yes, gotcha. would be, would be my guess. But Bo Nix is listed as the 13th best player in college football next year. Right. Wow. Number 12 is Graham Barton, an offensive tackle from Duke. Mm. So, wow. Number 11 is Michael Penix Jr., quarterback from Washington. Interesting. Interesting. Telling you, watch out for the Washington Huskies uh, next year. Like I, I think they can challenge for the Pac-12. I really do. Uh, Michael Penix Jr. is a transfer. This will be his second year out there. He actually led the Pac-12, and I'm saying this loudly because there was a couple of guys on our show that was making fun of Michael Penix Jr., and we were talking about him being – um, the top quarterback in the Pac-12 one night, and everybody was like, oh, it's Caleb Williams and blah, 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 and they were having a shit fit because I said, and he actually led the Pac-12 in yards last year, mm. by the way. Yeah. Michael Penix Jr. transfer from Indiana yeah. in his yeah. second year out at Washington. Yeah, yeah. All right, number 10, Kalen King, a cornerback from Penn State. Mm. That's the second Penn State guy that was listed on this list, by the way. Number nine is the name. The name says it all. I mean, sometimes you got to have just a catchy name. I mean, you can't get much catchier than this. Kool-Aid McKinstry. His name is actually Kool-Aid, guys. I mean, I'm not making this up. (laughs) He plays at Alabama. He's a cornerback. I'm not making this up. I promise. (laughs) I mean, can't you just see the Kool-Aid guy coming Kool-Aid. Yeah, Kool-Aid. Yeah. <laughs> hell hell, hell right. of a name. Hell of a name. Old, y'all probably don't even remember the Kool-Aid guys. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Number eight is Joe Alt, offensive tackle from Notre Dame. Listed as number eight. Uh number nine, or number seven, I'm sorry, is a Penn State offensive tackle, uh, Fashionu. Whoa, is his is his last name O L U? First name. I'm not. 
exactly sure how you pronounce that. Olu. Number six is Harold Perkins, linebacker from LSU. Okay, okay. All right. Then you get number five. Number five is Jared Verse, defensive edge from Florida State. Mm. Number four, and you were talking about um, Judkins. Too bad he's a sophomore. This is a guy that was in that same situation, mm. and this is his third year coming he's up. Ready. He's ready. He's ready. I'm more. You know, he's ready. Brock Bowers, Brock tight Bowers. end. Brock Bowers, tight end from Georgia, is listed number four. I, guys. I, I know that name. I know yeah. that name. <laughs> yeah, and I'm gonna be honest with you. He's one of those guys came in as a true freshman, had a stellar freshman season. They won two titles now. Of course, Georgia has back-to-back. But So I'm telling you right now, Brock Bowers is one of them guys you were talking about. You know, if you have two significant years, you ought to be able to go. He's had to stay healthy, and then, you know, and he's got one more year to go through, and he will definitely be playing on Sundays. Number three is another guy that's in that situation. And his name is Marvin Harrison Jr. At number three? Yeah. They have him listed as number three. He got to be top two. I I know Kayla Williams is probably number one and something, something, but Marvin. Marvin Harrison Jr. is listed at number three. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't like – I know everybody's going to say that Kayla Williams is the shoe-in at number one next year. I listen, I and I know he's a wide receiver, and I know it's that's not a position that is normally picked number one. Okay. Keyshawn I Johnson. Get it. I hadn't seen it since Keyshawn Johnson. I know that's not a position that's not picked number one. Okay. It's just not. Damn, Marvin Harrison Jr. is a ball player, guys, and I he's a game changer. I think he's head and shoulders above the first-round guys that were picked this year. I think that with the production and the immediate impact of two wide receivers, might he might be the number overall pick. And I'm talking about Justin Jefferson and uh, uh, my guy Chase. Uh, yeah. Uh, man, what's my guy? What's his, what's, his, what's his name? Justin. Is it Justin? No. The wide receiver from um, – uh, Chase is his last name from Cincinnati Bengals. I can't, yeah. I, just, I just went blank, but yeah, with those, and he went five. So imagine rethinking that draft. You know, he could have easily, I'm telling you, and I'm not a draft expert and all that kind of stuff. But Marvin Harris Jr., they got him listed at three. I'm, I'm saying he's higher than that. The top two are quarterbacks. Surprise, surprise. Number two is Jake May. Quarterback from North Carolina. And number one is not a big surprise. It's Caleb Williams, quarterback from USC. He's the Heisman Trophy winner last year. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and say number three and number four. Could be a top two picks in the NFL draft. 
I think they could be the top two players coming out of that draft. Well, and, and I'm going to say now, this. If, if, if the quarterbacks this year are not very significant and, and they don't have – they don't make leaps and bounds, I can see because, like you said, three of them went in the first three picks. I can see the shift to, well, you know what, let me get someone that my quarterback that I have now can actually throw to that could be a game changer. And the tight end position and wide receiver position is a very important position. I mean, y'all y'all remember when Randy Moss came in the league? The only reason why Randy Moss was not the number one draft pick because he had as many flag red flags as on a golf course. That was the only reason. That was the only reason. That's so that true. Was, that was the only reason. Straight cash, homie. You talking about a, a, a young man who committed to what Notre Dame and went to hit? I mean, could have went anywhere. Went to went home and went to Marshall. And I know. And was um, it was a finest for the Heisman? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So yeah, um, man. Look, I'm just saying. Look at the impact that that Randy, you know, that Randy had in his like first year. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I was saying. I see John. John Robinson. Yeah. Hey, like yeah. That's that's the joke that he said on on, on <laughs> Bo Nix. Yeah. They've been saying it every year. This this might be the sixth year now that that, that they're saying this. <laughs> this is the Same year. thing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> number thirteen, John. He's listed number thirteen on this list. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Man, man. Mister Bo. Nick's himself. Man. I'm gonna call him Mr. Right. Mr. Mr. Eligibility. But I am seriously on this list going to say I think number three and number four could very easily be the top two players that come out of this draft next year. Um, especially offensive players. If you're talking about impact offensive players, it might be offensive linemen because the, the, the run on quarterback, he said Kool-Aid was a commit to AU with Bradley Sider commit to Bama. Yeah, man. <laughs> it, it, it might be an offensive tackle. You remember the years in which an offensive tackle? Y'all have no idea how bad I want to do the Kool-Aid. <laughs> break through. You have no idea. <laughs> going to break through a wall. You're going to break through a wall? <laughs> yeah. I want to so bad. Yeah, yeah. If I had that name. I'd be doing that everywhere I go. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I ain't even playing. I don't care if I was six, you know, six foot and 165 pounds because he's a cornerback. Okay. So he's not like probably, you know, we're, we're probably not talking about a kid that's like, you know, six foot five and, 285 pounds or nothing. He's a cornerback. But if I had that name, I'm telling you right now, I'd be breaking, I'd be, I'd, I'd, I'd have me an entrance. <laughs> no doubt. I'm not even playing.
And if you don't know the Kool-Aid entrance, go look it up. <laughs> Maybe I'll break it out next show. Maybe. All right, guys. So I appreciate everybody being on with us. We are College Sportscast. We are on WSBN TV. Check us out there. You can find us by downloading the BoxCast app. And once you download the app, you can find us on Apple TV, Roku. You can find us on Fire TV as well. So um, I want you guys to check us out there. Um, we do our shows on Tuesday and Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Central and Sundays at 3. When we get back on doing some Sundays, it is kind of the off season. So we haven't been doing as many Sundays lately. I have been trying to keep up with Tuesdays and Thursdays uh, for our show. So uh, we'll kind of get back to our rest schedule. Before too long, but that's our regular schedule there, Tuesdays and Thursdays at 8 p.m. and Sundays at 3 p.m. No doubt. All right, so I'm going to close the show. I you guys joining us. I'm going to close the show with our 223 to Fanboys uh, nonprofit organization that we're asking to give to. It's Home for Our Troops. Um they are helping rebuild lives with injured and wounded vets by building them houses. Um, it is fully funded by Home for Our Troops, and they will build them a house anywhere in the country, uh, wherever they want to go. <clears throat> and uh, you can give to them by going to www.hfotusa.com. Dot org. Every dollar that you give, over 90 cents of that dollar goes towards building houses, and they've been doing this for over 20-plus years. So I appreciate you guys being on with us. We will see you. I will see you on Thursday night. Jason, I'm sure, um, probably has a commitment uh, with the AAU team that he's coaching. No, I actually don't. I don't. I, I'm, I'm going to try to see because it's, it's a dead period for basketball now, but it, it shifts to high school. So so we'll see. I'll I definitely see. I'll definitely see. So June is a dead period? Dude, is a, is a, jam, is a dead period for the AAU scene. It just shifts back to teen camps. This is the month for the teen And then camps. it goes, there's some more stuff in July, isn't there? Yeah, July. July is the last live period. So That's what I thought. Period. Yeah. All right, man. Well, we appreciate it. Jason, I had fun as always. appreciate you being on with me, man. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Shouts out to John Roberts too, man. Keep working. Yeah, Keep man. Working. All right, man. Y'all have a good night. We'll see you on, on Thursday.